life is one big head game. And once you learn to play the motherfucking head game, it's no longer a game anymore at all. You start living your life. Thank you for being on the podcast. Of course. This is Bo Killingsworth here with Connie Blano. Blanet. Blanet. Yeah, it's like planet with a B. Well, we subtract T's all the time everywhere in Louisiana, so I I just ignore (laughs) T's. Yes. Um, But this is the One Big Head Game podcast where we talk about uh, different states of mind. Our goal is ultimately to help people kind of change their circumstances in a positive way, obviously, um, and live a fulfilled life using the power of their mind. Okay. Uh, and the reason I wanted Connie on the show is because she has a pretty brilliant mind, in my opinion. I've oh, known thanks. her for, for quite a while. And uh, and she is a special individual, not not only special to me, just just special in general, I think. Um, That's sweet. And I'm pretty, uh, pretty pumped to, to talk to you today just because... Um, I think I'm going to learn some more stuff about you. You know what I mean? I just, I know, I know. Peel back the onion. Yeah, I know, (laughs) I know a good, good amount about you, but everybody's complex. You know, I don't know the whole story. Yeah. You know, you keep the whole story. You know the whole story, Uh, you know, but not everybody does. I certainly don't. So, uh, so why don't we start off by just kind of uh, getting an idea of who you are, kind of introduce yourself to everybody and, uh, uh, you know, where you're from, you know, what, what, what did you do, uh, uh, growing up, you know, a little bit, you know, what led you here and, yeah. uh, give a little background to what that is Okay. to you. Who is, who is Connie? Um, so I am Connie Blanett. Um, I grew up in Gwinnett County, Georgia. Um, right here, right here, much. Yep, yeah, right yeah. here. Um, I had a fairly normal childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, grew up, I was a cheerleader all through, yeah. growing up through high school. Um, and then didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, and then I found, yeah, I had no clue. Um, (laughs) So different than everyone. Yeah. (laughs) I, I had thoughts of becoming a high school math teacher. That was, yeah, I always, I always had an infatuation for numbers always. Um, they just made sense to me. Yeah. Uh, It's very black and white. Loved it. Yeah. Um, but I started out, you know, working at an early age in restaurants and, Mm -hmm ultimately started bartending and, um, really loved that aspect of, you know, the outgoingness and being able to meet a lot of new people and hear Mm -hmm. other people's stories. And, um, so I did that for quite a while. Mm -hmm. Um, how old are you then? You know? Oh man. Um, started in restaurants when I was bartending. Um, I started around 19. Okay. Um, okay. did that till I was about 25. And first of all, I did, I didn't really intro you that well. Now that I think <laughs> we just went to like childhood, Let, let's <laughs> slow down a second. The reason Co- Connie is uh, an exceptional, uh, roofing operator. Okay. She does many things. It's hard to pin exactly who she is, but she controls the entire game at the headquarters here of Fraser roofing, uh, where we are today in Georgia. 
Um, the reason she's special is because I haven't met anyone. I've been in the roofing game or the construction game, the restoration game for quite a while. That's what I do professionally. And I haven't met anybody like Connie. I think that she's probably the best operator that I've ever seen mm, inside thanks. of a small business like this. You're, you're the best that I've seen. So that's why I wanted to get her perspective. So she's not just, you know, my friend on the podcast or something. She's uh, she's exceptional at what she does. I'm sure you have some awards or whatever. I don't know all of those things. Uh, not a, not germane to this conversation, but that's what she does. And uh, just so everybody who's listening now get, gets an idea of where we're going with this. So, so keep going. You're a bartender. So I'm a bartender, yeah. um, having a blast, you yeah. know, um, living my early 20s, living it up mm-hmm. and um, wasn't very good at like forward thinking and planning and just kind of living in the moment, enjoying life. Yeah. Um, and I ended up moving up to North Georgia and I started with a company called National Vision. Um, they are a worldwide optical um, company. Okay. And so I ran, I was assistant manager of one of their stores up in um, North Georgia, very, very small town. Mm-hmm. And um, didn't really love the small town vibe. So I was like, I got to get back to Gwinnett. And so ended up moving back down here. Um, the corporate office for National Vision is held here in Duluth, Georgia. Mm-hmm. So I applied at the corporate office um, and I went into a position called sales audit analyst. I essentially just looked at numbers all day long, yeah. looking at spreadsheets, comparing them to what the store was actually doing, and then just auditing that. And if there was any you know, discrepancies, I, I you know, would ultimately let the, the in-store um, auditor know. Yeah. So did that with National Vision for five years. Um, during that time, I met my husband at the time. Um, okay. we got married. We had two children. Got married at like 20, 21. No, I got 20- married oh, at was- 29. Oh, okay. 28. I lost some years. Then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I was bartending <laughs> national vision, married yeah. kids. Okay. Um, and during the, once I had my first child, um, I was contacted by an old friend from childhood that mm-hmm. was like, Hey, I'm opening up a roofing company. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you should come work here. Yeah. And so, um, I'll never forget, um, walking into my interview, um, with that company and I was in a suit and (laughs) I walked in and, um, the owner of the company had on, you know, sweatpants and tennis shoes and, Mm -hmm. um, actually laughed at me when I walked in because yeah. I was just so used to a corporate background and, yeah. you know, roofing and construction. It's a little bit different, right? Yeah, it is. Um, spent, I guess, about three years there and um, really learned. So you get, did get hired. I did get hired uh-huh. um, and really learned a, a lot working mm-hmm. there. Um, learned a lot about the operations of a, of a small business. Cause I had never mm-hmm. really been in a small business that either been like the, the bar corporate side, then an actual like corporation right. and then, and then roofing. So I'd never done construction. My dad wasn't in construction, so I didn't really know much about it at all. Um, but I was fascinated with the processes of roofing and how quick it moves. Mm-hmm. And, um, so really dove in with that, the financial aspect, of course, because I love numbers, was was really intriguing. Um, spreadsheets, how do you keep up with KPIs, things like that, like really, really intrigued me. Mm-hmm. So I um, was there for several years. Um, some life changes had happened. I went through a divorce. Um, started here at Fraser in June of 2019. 
and um, fell in love instantly with with Dom and Sarah and knew that this is that this was going to be home. Mm-hmm. So, um, Frazier has been in business since two thousand nine. So they had been in business for ten years when I when I started. Sarah had just left um, corporate America to come over and be here full time. So we um, we started seeing visions together. Dom is huge visionary so he would start saying oh yeah we should do this we should do this and sarah and i were definitely executors so started executing <laughs> um fairly quickly and so i'm sure you probably have some questions about all that so i'm going to pause for a second <laughs> well no no i i just uh i know i know them uh, yeah. obviously uh um and uh it's just here you know cool hearing the story you know because yeah. i look at it like uh dom is such a different dynamic dominic fraser uh the owner one of the owners mm-hmm. the co-owner mm-hmm. of uh fraser roofing and he's so very different than uh than everything that's going on in this office that you guys have here yes. you know what i mean it, it, but i think that that's the reason it works so good i mean it wouldn't work if you guys weren't uh behind the scenes cranking out a, a very good work product on everything that y'all do but uh, but I'll let you explain a little bit more about, you know, that dynamic uh, and, 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 and why it works. You know, I want to talk about like uh, I'll ask you specific questions, obviously, about, you know, your function. But, you know, what do you think about that dynamic? Why does it work so well with these guys? So um, with, with your current crew that you're with or your forever specifically crew? with Sarah and Dominic. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I think that with them being married, mm-hmm. um. I think that they are kind to each other. I think mm-hmm. that they listen to each other. I think that they respect each other, yeah. um, which I think that in any work partnership that you have, all of those things you, you've got to have, but also in a marriage, right? Yeah. Um, so working very closely with them for the last four and a half years, nothing, nothing's ever off the table. We talk about everything, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's something small, something big, something that's, you know, affecting the business, something that's affecting them personally. Um, and they, they go to prayer on everything. Mm-hmm. They pray about everything. Yep. Um, any, any decision that we have to make, we, that's immediately where we go. Let's, let's sleep on it. Let's pray about it. Let's come back and let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that for visionaries, you know, not just specifically Dominic, but just in general, I think visionaries, the, the biggest thing for them is that they want to be heard. They they have ideas that they want to be heard and by the world. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, um, you know, Dominic having an outlet with Sarah and I is is great. And for Sarah and I both being executors, we don't have that vision. So Dominic bringing that vision into Fraser Roofing and allowing us to be able to create that vision lay all the bricks down yeah Yeah. um and and really figure out the processes and you know not everything works Mm -hmm. not everything works there's things that you know i might bring to the table that i'm like hey let's try this and it doesn't work and we you know go back to the drawing board yeah um but one thing that dominic's always said is just never stop moving and we don't um we don't ever get complacent we don't ever sit there and say oh okay yeah, we hit, you know, 20 million. We're yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. It's what's the next goal? Yeah. And I think that a visionary um, that stands behind their business and that really believes in what they're doing, which Dominic Frazier does, I think that that is, um, that's our driving force um, yeah. for Sarah and I. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think Dominic also needs us, right? For so sure. um, to, to make sure that those visions can be, you know, seen while he's creating other visions. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I think that our dynamic, we, we talk about it quite frequently and 
Sarah and I will, if we're sitting across the table in a conference room and we're discussing things, there might be tears because, you know, God has blessed this business for sure. His hand yeah. is all over it. Yeah. And um, really just, just knowing that everything belongs to him anyways is, is huge. And we always remind ourselves of that, that this isn't ours anyways. So yeah. we're just doing his work. Yeah. And for everybody uh, listening or watching, that's such a, a, it's obviously a great thing, you know, especially to common Christians, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's a common thing that we want to see, but, um, it's just so different than the entire world around you. And when I say the entire world around you, I mean the entire roofing or construction industry. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of different construction, uh, uh, uh industries within the entire umbrella and roofing has a specific, uh, type you know, yep. there's a lot of uh, uh, people in roofing that are, you know, maybe they're in it for the wrong reasons, you know. Uh, but I would say that a lot of them, uh, a lot of roofing companies in general or the people that work at them, you know, are, are highly money driven. Um, you know, not not that's not to say that money is a, a bad thing because money is a blessing, you know, but um, those other companies operate differently. And that is the most important thing to them. So. Another thing about roofing is that it's extremely competitive, right? You've got yes. a lot of competitors all around you in all of the different markets that Fraser Roofing is in. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what all markets is Fraser Roofing in? So we are operating in um, South Carolina. We are mm-hmm. in like the Greenville, Spartanburg area. Um, then we have five offices here in Georgia. Mm-hmm. So we have, this is our corporate office that we're currently yep. at. Yep. Um, we have two on the west side of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. We have one down in central Georgia. Um, we have one down in South Georgia and then we also have an office in Jacksonville, Florida. I feel like that was like eight offices, maybe nine. We're seven right now. Um, looking to expand in 2024 to two other, I'm not going to give that away yet. Oh, okay. (laughs) Some secrets. Tricks of the trade. Tricks of the trade. So what I was getting at is it's extremely competitive and even in all, all the different markets Mm -hmm. and locations. So How does a company that doesn't prioritize financial gain over everything else beat the rest of the people? Because in my opinion, that is exactly what's happening. Because if Fraser Roofing, I I have the inside track on Fraser Roofing. I know about the company, uh, a a good amount about it at least. Um, And in my opinion, they, they... you, know, you guys are beating a lot of the competition. So, so how does that make sense? Uh, um, and, uh, and what do you think about that? You know? So I think, I think that for, I'm going to talk a little bit about our customer service as well as our retention. Cause I think that they kind of go hand in hand. Um, you yeah. know, roofing is very competitive and I think that roofing not only is competitive when you're talking about customers, but also sales guys, mm-hmm. um, yeah. getting, you, know, you mean getting the right, getting the right one on and keeping team. them. I That's mean, right. keeping them is probably a lot harder than getting them. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that one of the stigmas about, um, about the roofing industry in particular is that, you know, it's shiny object syndrome, mm-hmm. right? You know, one, one company offers this and, they'll go there and then, Oh, you know, here's a better deal. So I'm going to jump ship because I know I can sell roofs. And, you know, so I think that for everybody that we're, that we're serving, uh, you know, in a leadership role here, whether it's our customers or whether it's our, our staff or our sales reps or things like that is we just, we, we do our best to serve them Mm -hmm. and learn about them Mm -hmm. and actually develop relationships. Um, instead of just looking at it as, as sales, it's not transactional. Mm -hmm. Um, it's relational for us 
And, you know, we spend a lot of time, um, a lot of good quality time. I mean, some of these people that work here have became my family Mm -hmm. that I had at my house last year for Thanksgiving, you know? Um, So I think that us taking care of our people and making that a top priority in turn helps them take better care of the customer. Um, And I think that we, like I said, just developing that relationship with the homeowners. um, We are, we do a lot in our community. Um, you know, if we have a homeowner and they call us and they say, Hey, can you sponsor my kids baseball team? You know, mm-hmm. we typically do. Um, right. and you know, serving, serving people is, is what we're here to do. Um, yeah. you know, that's what God calls us to do. And so I think that the way that, um, the way that we look at it is just a little bit different. We don't look at people with a price tag on them, whether it's a homeowner or one of our our sales reps, we look yeah. at them as, you know, and see their heart and, you know, that's, that's what, that's what we care about. Yeah. Yeah. That's so unique. Uh, and it's, it sounds ridiculous to mm-hmm. say that's unique or, or because, you know, um, if you grew up, if you grew up right, you know, you, you should be thinking about those things anyway, mm-hmm. because, uh, um, that's how you live fulfilled. That's how you right. do the right thing. That's how you, uh, uh, build a life that, you know, uh, without all the negative stuff. Yeah. Right. But it is, but it is very unique, and uh, and it obviously is working, you know. So t- talk about a little bit about the growth of the company. I want to, I'm going to zone, zone back into you, but let's just get no, the, you're fine. get the company out the way, you know. Yeah. Um, what 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 has the growth been like? Oh, this relates to you since you've been involved, <laughs> you know. Um, so, and you don't have to say numbers. I just talk about growth, you know. Yeah. So when I, I we can talk numbers because usually Dominic's pretty transparent about that. Um, <laughs> so when, when I came on board, um, in 2019, we had finished 2018 at $3 million. Yeah. Um, we only have a couple more weeks left of the what year. What is $3 million for everybody who doesn't know roofing? What does that mean for that company? I mean, What's I would, the assessment of that company, you know, I mean, it, it's average. I mean, I think that in this market, um, you know, a, a decent, a decent roofing company is doing between five and $10 million a year. Three is working its way on up to, to that. Hopefully, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, three is, is a healthy company. You're, you're, you're taking care of customers. You know, it's not like you're only doing one roof a month. You're, you're taking yeah, care of customers. Yeah. It's a lot of roofs. Um, and you're, you know, you're ultimately taking care of the people that work here. Mm-hmm. Um, there was, there was 10 people here when I started, that's between the, the support staff as well as the different markets we were operating in. We were already at that point, we were already in the South Georgia market, Statesboro, Georgia, and, and here. Okay. So that's 10 people, including yourself and the owners. Mm-hmm. Okay. How many salespeople is that? Four, six, because Megan okay. was the only other mm. support staff person. Wow. Okay. Yep. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's incredible. And how many people uh, currently are with Fraser Roofing? Um, well, we just got done with a new hire training class this week, right. so we are officially at 78. Wow, 78. Mm-hmm. That's enormous. So, uh, yeah, talk a little bit more about the growth. You know, what do you what do you attribute it to? I guess I guess you guys were um, obviously got traction with you. You brought a lot of organization, you know, to the entire thing, the knowledge about how roofing companies, you know, uh, can and should run mm-hmm. that you brought to the table when you got involved at what I'm going to call is a small roofing company, you know, um, comparatively. Um, so, uh, what was that, what was that experiencing that growth over the last, um, was it six years or four years? years? Mm -hmm. What, how, how do you feel that growth? 
you see more people, you see different things, but like, what does that really feel like? Um, Pressure, <laughs> you know? Um, I think you go from like a, like there's the humbleness about it, right? Like you're, you're very, you're humbled by it. Yeah. Um, I think there is a lot of pressure. Yeah. Um, I think that the more that we grow, um, you know, the harder decisions that we have to make become, um, when they, hiring the right person, because, you know, one bad apple can spoil the bunch. Right. Sure. So making sure that culturally that they align with us is, is huge. Um, so I want to kind of shift back to the question of like our growth. So yeah, yeah. you know, 3 million, then we grew and then we grew and then we grew and we got stuck between 2020 and 2021. Mm -hmm. And we knew we, at that point we were at 15 million mm -hmm. and we were stuck there for mm -hmm. a little bit. And we, um, we had, we decided that it was best that we called in some coaches. And yeah. so give a plug here real quick to Jim Johnson and contractor coach pro and mm -hmm. Nathan Thibodeau, because they, they changed the trajectory for, for the rest of what I feel like, you know, will be a Fraser roofing, okay. um, by sharing with us the hero sales culture. Um, it's a great podcast that Nathan Thibodeau did about just standing in the gaps. And when I heard that it, it, it resonated in my mind of like an old wagon wheel, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and every single person here, support person, production, sales, leadership, um, you know, all kind of played a part in this wheel, right? And if a spoke was broken and wasn't working right, right, the, the wheel would strain more, right? Mm -hmm. And it would kind of put more pressure on all the other spokes. So that's kind of where my mind went during that. And so I was like, well, we've got to get all of our spokes in, in order, right? We've got to get them in order. We've got to make sure that they're with the right people, you know, that we're, that we're doing it with the right team. Yeah. And um, so we implemented that at the end of 2020. And we lost some people. We lost some people that we thought would be here for forever. We lost some people um, that were were huge on the on the sales team. That we were like, oh gosh, like what are what are we doing? Did we do the right thing? Really? Um, I didn't know that. Yep. And it and it it felt it felt odd. I don't want to say it felt bad, but it was one of those things that you you go into these great years of growth and growth and growth and growth. And, you know, from the outside looking in, everything looks great. And then you change something to kind of structure how the future is going to look. And you, you implement something that you think is going to be a great change. And some people that you weren't even on your radar to think that this might affect them affected them. And so um, losing some of those people didn't feel great. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, after we went through 2021, um, we looked back and we're like, all right, God, thank you. Because mm -hmm. this, we needed this. Yeah. We needed this to grow. We needed this to to, to make the culture better for everyone else. Yeah. Um, and we haven't looked back since. So 2021, we did 15 million. 2022, we did 25 million. Mm -hmm. And this year, we're going to end at 35 million. Yeah. That's so, incredible. you know, yeah. being able to... To grow by 10 million each year has been been really good. 
Yeah, I guess uh, that's that same feeling. I, I kind of know the feeling you're describing, I think, you know, mm-hmm. um, just when you make a change and you, before that change, you had expectations as to how things were going to go. Correct. You know, to continue in business or continue in your job, um, if you're driven at least, you're thinking towards the future and you're mm-hmm. trying to figure out um, what's best and what actions to take, all these kind of things. When you make a change like that, it throws a monkey wrench in everything that you had thought about before. For yeah. Maybe, right. Well, so you start questioning yourself. Yeah. You start questioning your abilities in business. That's like right, there, yeah. there's so many different things that it kind of, you know, especially when I'm a huge planner now. Mm-hmm. I, I know I said back in my early 20s I was not, but yeah. I am now. Oh, I know. Um, you are, yeah. And it's one of those things that I try to think of every single possible outcome. Right. Like when it, <laughs> when there's something that comes up, I think about A, B, C, D, E, probably all the way to L. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, when you think about so much and there's so much time and thoughts that are consumed you know with a decision and then you make a decision and then it wasn't on your list of what was a possibility or what was an outcome um it it does throw a a wrench in and you're you know you're kind of down on yourself you're kind of like well why didn't I think about this and um but like I said that's God God's he he has a plan we we don't know what that is that's right that's right yeah that that uncertainty I think Mm -hmm. is what uh what really it brings anxiety, brings doubt, all mm-hmm. these kind of things. And when you throw that monkey wrench in there, yep. uh, it just creates uncertainty. I've, I've definitely been there. Um, and then you have to rebuild your expectations for the future sometimes, yes. you know. But uh, like you said, it's uh, a lot of the times, most of the time, if you're doing the right thing, if you're following your heart, if you're following what you think is right, uh, it does work out. And many times it's much better than you uh, thought it would be, right? Correct. Do you think that the <laughs> where Fraser Roofing is now, where you are, um, since those changes, since kind of uh, uh, you made some of those bigger changes with the organization, uh, is better than you thought it would be? Where yeah. did you, ex- you know, that was going to be one of my other questions. Like, what was your expectation when you got hired? Did you like have a plan or know that you would be sitting here with these types of numbers, these types of employees and this type of thing going on? No, no. Um- I think that, so I'm going to kind of talk a little personal too with the business. Um, So obviously we're a faith-based business, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And when I first came on, um, I never grew up, I I went to church on Easter and Christmas, right? Right. I was not active in it. Yes. We call them priesters, right? I did not grow up in a church. Um, I did not, I mean, I was always a believer. I was never a follower, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and so when I came, that's good. wait, wait, that's, that's just good. I don't, I don't know if I've ever really heard anybody say that, but yeah. that, that just hit me like a, a bow and arrow. Yeah. That's so it's everywhere. Yeah. I, and I've been there. Yeah. I mean, I was, you know, I was a believer, not a follower. For sure. And so coming into, um, this business and Sarah and Dominic being so, um, outward about their faith, right. Yeah. They've never been pushy. They never were like, oh, you never. should come to church with us, you know. Yeah. Um, but Dominic always has this saying about, let me show you how cool Jesus is, right? Yeah. Um, that's the, like, tagline for our the men's Bible study we do on Saturday morning and stuff. And, you know, he'll throw in Bible verses on our meetings and stuff like that, or we'll pray, you know, before a real important meeting. And I know that they pray a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that when I came on board, um, I had a control problem where I wanted to control <laughs> all things, right? I wanted everything to be done 
X, Y, and Z. And um, I had the solve for everything. And I, I probably thought a little highly, a little higher of myself than I should. Mm-hmm. And um, watching things that happened here, there's a lot of things that have happened that I'm like, there's no explanation other than God, right? There's just yeah. really isn't. Um, and so when I became a follower myself um, last year and really started diving into some of that, you know, it, it, it is God. It is God that has his hands on this business. It is God that is, you know, blessing the blessed and, and the, the blessing the people that are blessing other people. And I feel like that because Dominic and Sarah's heart is not on the, the financial piece of it and it's really on the serving people, um, God's blessing us. And I, I wish that I had a better explanation because walking into 2023, we had a few hailstorms, right? Georgia got hit pretty good this year. Um, but we don't, we don't recruit. We don't put out in deed ads. We don't, you know, we just, a lot of our people are either coming from other sales reps that, you know, didn't come from within the industry. They came from different places and, they spread the word about, Hey, I love what I'm doing now. I love who I'm doing it with, you know? And they're like, well, I want to get a job there too. I want to come work with you guys. Um, so that growth and then, you know, just the, just the team that we have, like the growth is, is incredible. And so, you know, I mean, first God, second, our team, our support staff is incredible. Um, one of the things that I wanted to implement when I first started was, was everybody having a lane, Um, I've worked in several places where it's like, Hey, this is all of the things that need to get done. Like figure it out. Right. Like how does it all get done? I don't know. You do this, I'll do this. And then, you know, the next day you might be doing something totally different. And so I kind of thought about it before we, we created an org chart, so to speak. I was like, well, what all do we need? Cause I don't want production people to be doing payroll. I don't want the person that's answering the phone to be doing certificates of insurance. I mean, certificates of completion. Like I want people to be really, really good at four or five different tasks. Right. right? Um, so my, one of the big say- sayings that I have here is stay in your lane, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody find your lane and perfect it. Um, you don't get on a highway and, and, I mean, some people do, but it's not, it's not wise to get on a highway and try to cut in and out of traffic, right? Weaving in between traffic. It's, it's probably best to find a lane and stay in it. Mm-hmm. Anybody that's ever been in traffic in Atlanta, which yeah. happens every day, yeah. um, you usually will get in the lane. And if you try to switch it, then you watch the cars, you know, pass you by and you should have stayed in that lane. So everybody stay in their lane and perfect it. That's what I always say. Yeah. Um, so our support staff has been incredible through, through the growth and being able to kind of you know, um, I don't want to say react, but being able to pick up slack or be able to being able to it's hmm, the word I'm trying to find here. I don't want to say mold or bend. I'm trying to think of the word. Yeah. Um, just kind of fit into their role and be able to step up to the plate and take on new things when they need to, but everybody has, um, has really done a great job on the support yeah, side. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. And that, that's what I've noticed at least from, from my view. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think, uh, everybody over here that I've met, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely thought out just like you said. And I think that 
if I had to guess, you're the one thinking that out, at least like those specific pieces, you know, as a team, you know, but, mm-hmm. um, but I think that that's probably what, you know, you're really good at. Um, what exactly drives you? Because there's, there's something different about you, you know, I don't, I don't know nef- necessarily what it is. Um, but you work very hard. Okay. That's probably an understatement. You work extremely hard. Um, and I don't think that you're coming up with some, you know, fancy way of, uh, of skipping steps or skipping ahead, you know, and I've been guilty of that many times in my life, you know, trying to figure out the clever way of doing something and, um, and that doesn't require as much work or something like that, you know, but I don't think you do that. Um, but to take everything on and do it the right way, uh, day after day after day is something that's becoming more and more rare. And I think that you do it. Um, so what drives you to do that when you started back with Fraser roofing? Um, you know, what was your main thing? Was it changing your circumstance? Was it changing your life? Was it becoming something better than what you were? You know, there, there, there's got to be something in there that gives you that fire. And obviously God plays a part in everybody here, mm-hmm. uh, in myself, but, but you know, everybody's different. What, what do you think you would attribute that to? Because there's gotta be something in there. Yeah. You know? Um, I'm going to try not to cry. Um, <laughs> I think so. I'm trying not going go, to go too deep or personal, but, um, whatever it is. So I, so I got divorced when my kids were really young. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in a divorced household. My parents got divorced when I was 18 months old. Um, I think that, one thing for me is that one thing that I've always been good at is work. Um, I've always gotten a lot of my self-esteem from work, mm-hmm. um, which isn't always the best way. So I'm not telling everyone <laughs> you just work hard and you'll get, you know, right. you'll get yourself worth through there. But um, for me personally, I think that when I first came on that um, I was blessed with an opportunity to, to change my life and to change the yeah. life for my kids. And, um, I felt like that I owed them, um, uh, I, I owed them the, the best of me. Mm-hmm. And, um, the fact that Sarah and Dom are just the most kind, generous mm-hmm. people that I've ever met. I, I've still to this day, you're not going to find better people than them. Um, the fact that they saw me at probably one of my worst places in my life Mm -hmm. and told me that I was valued and that I was needed and that I was wanted made me want to push that much harder for them. And, um, walking in and seeing things that I could immediately change. Um, and then also them giving me the ability to do it. I mean, they, they knew me, they didn't know me, right? Like they, they knew me well enough to offer me a job and, and have, you know, have faith in me, yeah. but they didn't, they did not know all of my history. They didn't know my past. They didn't know any of that. And to give me that opportunity and to trust me with the amount of things that they entrusted me with from day one, I, I felt like that 
that this was a relationship that I was going to want to be a part of for a really long time. And you felt a lot of responsibility maybe because of. Yeah. And, but there was so much respect that it didn't feel like responsibility. Like it just felt like that I was immediately, I mean, Dominic told me my very first day, if anybody knows Dominic Frazier, he writes everything down on a legal pad and he, it was a yellow legal pad. And at the very top, he said, I need you to think like an owner. Mm -hmm. And, I'm sure that there are some days that he regrets saying that. And there's probably (laughs) others that he appreciates that. Right. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think that um, I think that just coming on board here and them um, entrusting me with what they did has allowed me to want to give my all to them. Yeah. I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah. Yeah, it does. um, As much as it can. Okay. You know what I mean? Because, you know, uh, many things drive us, right? Yeah. Uh, um, our hearts, our brains, our traumas, you know, many mm-hmm. things uh, uh, give us a lot of incentive to, to go get it in, yeah. in many different ways. But, but um, I mean, I think my, I, I mean, my kids, uh, yeah, my I mean, kids. Overwhelmingly, right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, I think that. That's when, what you started with. Yeah. I mean, and my, my mom, my, my mom was a single mom. She worked yeah. hard. Um, she did what she could to, to get me to not say no to me growing up. Um, and for me stepping into that role, I, I knew that it was all on me. It's a lot of responsibility. It's a lot of responsibility being a working mom of two. I mean, I was, it's the biggest responsibility. Yeah. Uh, I was even uh, with all these salesmen and all the production and all the materials and the numbers and, uh, but that's not. Uh, you know, your first and foremost responsibility yep. is, is to your family, you know, yep. or to your faith and yep. then your family, right? Yep. Faith, family, um, Frazier, I think. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Well, yeah, that, that gives me a lot of insight. I just wanted to hear, you know, not as much that I was curious about mm-hmm. it, but I, I wanted to hear you say yeah. that, you know, um, uh, what we haven't talked about is that you, you know, the people that are watching this may not really realize that um, you are playing a part in an industry that is dominated by men. Yes. Okay? <laughs> You're not going to see a, a bunch of women around here uh, in the roofing industry. And, and you do see some, but they're peripherally associated with roofing companies. And some of them are owners. There's there's definitely some people out there yeah. who are owners, operators, and things like that. But it's but mm-hmm. it's overwhelmingly, it's a male-dominated industry. Right. Um, and... Uh, and you're doing something that is stronger, I think, within this organization than what a lot of the other men can offer, obviously. So how, what does that feel like? You talk to men all day long, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, not only the people at Fraser Roofing, but vendors, things like this. Yeah. Uh, what is that like? Do you even think about that as a factor? Do you think that it may uh, give you an advantage uh, in what you do? So what's, what's that like? So I no, <laughs> um, I mean, I got my makeup done for you today. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm typically, you know, in... <laughs> I, I am definitely not the, the girl that's going to, I guess, flaunt what I have. And that's, mm-hmm. I mean, I there's nothing wrong with that. That's just not my personality. I mean, if you catch me on a Saturday, I'm probably in a baseball cap and some leggings and, yeah. a, and a sweatshirt. I'm just, yeah. I, that's just not my personality. But um, I don't think, I don't think I've really ever been like, oh my gosh, I'm a female in a male's world. Like, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't think it's ever something that I like think too much about. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I have always, I wouldn't say that I was a tomboy growing up, but I always, um, and I have a great group of girlfriends too. So it's not like I'm like, Oh, I can't hang out with the girls. (laughs) But I mean, I've always, you know, I think that bartending, I've always been a sports fan. 
Um, I, you know, I watch every single Braves game. I'm diehard foot, Georgia football fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been a sports person. And I think that the balance between like being able to have real life conversations with the guys, but then also like have that nurturing, caring, motherly love for them, um, has actually probably helped more than hindered. Um, I don't get intimidated very easily. Yeah, don't I know don't if you knew that. Um, I also don't hold back. So yeah. I think that, um, I think that people like my realness, the, maybe I hope cause yeah. they're, that's what they're going to get. Yeah. Um, but I also give a lot of tough love, but with the word tough love, there's still that word love in there. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that, um, you know, dealing with a bunch of guys, you know, I have to kind of smack them into shape sometimes. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, I also congratulate them and, and celebrate them as well. And I think that also for women, and maybe, I mean, there's men out there like this too, but like, I genuinely care what's going on in these people's lives. Like, I want to know about what's going on with their kids. Mm-hmm. How did your person, you know, how did your child do at their baseball tournament this weekend? Yeah. Um, a lot of us have became, like I said, family. I mean, um, we spend time outside of working hours together. We go to church together. Um, you know, so I, I think that just, it always falls back to that developing relationships. Um, yeah, how do you, uh, how do you overcome specific challenges in your life? You know, like, uh, obviously you've had challenges, Mm -hmm. right? Okay. We've mentioned someone on Mm -hmm. this, on this show. Uh, what, how do you approach that these days? You know, I was about you, to say, you may have a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe not for, good in the past, right? I was about to say, uh, Connie, when I came to Frazier or Connie now, yeah. so Connie right. now, I mean, I pray about everything. Okay. Um, I am constantly in prayer now. Mm-hmm. Um, I prayed right before this, this podcast. Cause I was like, Lord, give me your words. Right. Yeah. Cause I didn't yeah. know what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know how things were going to come off. Well, it's coming, um, it's coming off perfectly. Good. So, you know. Um, so I, I pray about everything first. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do a lot in the word. I look for what God would do. Um, you know, what would Jesus do? We'll go yeah. back to the the bracelets from back yeah. in the day. Um, and and really try to figure out how to deal with circ- and, and overcome things mm-hmm. by how would how would he have handled it? Yeah. And um and then I also I call Sarah. I mean, when I was in my car accident four weeks ago, yeah. my first call, no offense to my parents. But my first call was to Sarah. I mean, she has not, she's not just my boss. She's one of the, like I said, she's one of the best people I know, but she's, she's became one of my best friends. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. A a good relationship. A a really, really great relationship. (laughs) And so, you know, when, um, when I'm struggling with something because I do admire her, I admire the woman that she is. I Mm. admire the, the woman that I've gotten to become friends with, um, I call her for a lot of advice. Mm-hmm. Um, she's kind of the first, the first call of, Hey, I got this going on, whether it's personal or work. Yeah. How, how should we handle this or how should I handle this? You know, mm-hmm. if it's work or personal. Um, but I look to her for a lot of guidance guidance. You yeah. know, she definitely has became my mentor and I, and you know, so if God doesn't answer, you know, quickly enough and I need a phone call immediately, <laughs> I go straight to Sarah. So, or yeah. Dom, I mean, I do talk to Dom a good bit too. Yeah. Um, Sarah and I just definitely have a, a, a really awesome bond. You find yourself now at the helm, I would say, of a much different organization than when you first started, like mm-hmm. we've talked about. What 
in your mind has changed, okay? You have a lot, you know, maybe it's the same responsibilities that Mm -hmm. you had in the beginning, but there's a lot more moving parts and the entire game has kind of changed. You know, they say all the time that the, you know, the team, you know, the mindset that you need to get here, you need to change that to get here. Mm -hmm. And you guys have taken those stepping stones together but now you find yourself at the helm of a bigger organization. You know, what in your head has changed? Have you had to change your perception of what roofing companies are or where they are going? And, uh, you know, I guess the market or what's going on will tell you whether you need to st- start changing your thought process with what's going on. I, I don't know. I'm trying to get to like, you know, when those changes happen and when you as a business person mm-hmm. and an operator uh, identifies those, the, the need for changing that paradigm, that, that, that mindset. Yeah. So I think that, you know, coming into this, I don't want to say that I thought I was the smartest one in the room, mm-hmm. but when, when I came in, I definitely thought a lot higher of myself than I probably should have. <laughs> um, and I think that, surrounding one of the things that has changed over the last four and a half years is just realizing number one, I don't know everything. Yeah. Um, number two, using our resources, you know, I am very active on a lot of the Facebook groups and, and hear what other people around the country are saying. And as we're growing into different States and stuff like that, and ultimately in the Southeast, um, I want to know what's going on and I want to ask questions and I want to um, network with, with people that are smarter than me. And I want to hear what they have to say and have conversations. I mean, you and I have spent hours on the phone together, bouncing ideas off of each other Mm -hmm. um, and just talking things through. Right. And so I've, I've developed relationships within, within the industry where I'm able to ask people that I believe are way smarter than me um, and that have a, a, an, an opinion that I actually, that I trust and respect and, and listen to that, but you know, as it as it applies to Fraser, using those people and doing trainings. Once we hear them out, we talk about it, we have dialogue back and forth, and we're like, "Hey, this is what's going on. What do we need to do?" Um, we'll bring them in here for a training. You know, mm-hmm. we'll bring them in and and let them talk about a, a specific subject. So, yeah. um, once again, it goes back to those relationships, right? Mm-hmm. Not only with the with the sales team and the support staff here but the customers and then also within the industry and and using your resources i mean there's a lot of people that are too prideful to ask for help and we are not we are not that yeah Yeah. (laughs) you know we we talk to business owners um all over the country and you know have coaches we have you know contractor coach pro that that has helped us out tremendously with their they have different sections of training you know sales training actual business training things like that um so just never stop learning. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's something that the, the industry is changing. Yeah. There are things that are changing about the industry, but we, we have spent a lot of time this year, um, becoming as prepared as we can. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen, right? but we also, um, we definitely do things different and mm-hmm. we know that Yeah, we know that we are a different company. So, us looking around saying, oh my gosh, what is roofing company A doing? And what is roofing company B doing? And what is roofing company C doing? Um, we don't do a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been a lot of large acquisitions in the Atlanta market and we're just going to keep doing what we're doing mm-hmm. and, um, you know, being prayerful about it and listening to what God's telling us to do. And I think that that has gotten, 
I know, I don't think, I know that that has been a huge part in, in where we've came from and where we're going. So we're just going to keep doing the same thing that we always have. And yeah. that's be prayerful, be educated. Yeah. Um, listen when people are, are speaking about the industry and, um, Try not to live in a fearful mind. Yeah. I feel like Fraser Roofing, as a company, everybody together, is um, uh, listens more than they speak kind yeah. of thing. You know, if you if a company could do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? and, and we try. I mean, it, it, you know, it, it's hard. It's hard when, um, like I said, my mindset four years ago was way different where I, you know, thought I might have been the smartest person in the room and mm-hmm. um, learning very quickly that I wasn't and, yeah. and changing my mindset. So I used to speak a lot more than I listened and now I listen a lot more than I speak because even if, even if, you know, they might not be knowledgeable on the subject, they might have something good to say out of that. Right. So still just listening to, to what someone has to say. Yeah. That's very interesting. Um, let's see, uh, we've covered a lot of stuff. Um, anything other, you know, what do you think? let's just put it this way, uh, in your perspective, you know, mm-hmm. on these types of companies or roofing companies, um, do you think that the focus on money and being very brash with people within those organizations, do you think that it is sustainable in any way? You know what I mean? We know the type of companies that um, that are very uh, money-focused, which is, you know, you have to focus on money, but, but they're focused exclusively on that almost, mm-hmm. you know? Can a company like that uh, still succeed long term? Um, I guess they could, uh, but I don't know. What's your what's your perspective so on that? yeah? I so mean, because it's so different. It's such a different environment here. Yeah, know? I mean, I think that if you look at the companies um, across the country in the city of Atlanta, whatever, everybody runs their company fairly different. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I've watched companies here that have gone from nothing to fifty million. You know in a couple of years and I've seen it happen in other States too. I think that, I think that those companies that are focused on money typically attract salespeople that are focused on money for sure, which are high producing people. Right. Yes, yeah. Um, I think that for, for us here, we care more about the person than their production. And I know that I'm sure that anybody that watches this from the roofing industry is probably like, what? Yeah. Um, but we, we customize people's goals and their um, their expectations and their quotas and all of that. We do all of that based on their financial needs um, because I don't think that, you know, you have people out here that, that need to make $200,000 a year to live, and that's just the lifestyle that they choose to live. Yeah. But there's also people that need to make $50,000 a year because their needs are just not the same as somebody who's, as you know, that needs to make $200,000 a year. So we kind of customize those. We don't have just a one, one shoe fits all. Um, and it's worked for us, you know? And like I said, I think that the, the way that Frazier works, I think that it's kind of all encompassing. It's not like, Oh, well we're, we're doing 35 million this year because of this. And this is all that it attributes to, right? It's, Mm -hmm. it's a combination of all of that. And within those relationships that we've built with our, with our sales staff and our, you know, support team and, and our customers, it's just different. And, um, there's no real way other to explain it other than just, we care about our people more than we do about the money. 
Yeah, you have to be in this office, I think, to really understand what's going on uh, with Fraser Roofing. Yeah. You know, the culture the culture is the buzzword that everyone wants to talk mm-hmm. about as a positive thing in their company and you know, good culture, this yeah. and that. Um, and it's more of just, and you could call this a, a specific style of culture, but I, I think it's more to at, at a risk of calling it kind of a, a, a low producing uh, name it's a family culture yeah it is really a family business not only is it owned by you know family members that mm-hmm. are married um, but everybody involved feels like family and I, I feel like family when I step in the doors mm-hmm. you know um, but uh, what do you think you could be better at uh, cool. you know we already talked about how good you are at everything else. No, right? stop it. No. Um, I think that what I, I can get better at is continuing to um, not try to control everything. I mm. mean, it's something yeah. that I've been working on for a long time. Um, I was an only child growing up, so I kind of everything always went my way because there was nobody <laughs> else for it to go. Right. Um, didn't and have I have to share. No, yeah. I didn't have to share. So yeah. I think that um, that kind of control comes from early on in my life. Um, I think that, you know, continuing to listen, it's definitely something I've worked on over the last couple of years. Um, I think that, you know, we say, let go, let God and Mm -hmm. really trusting him, Mm -hmm. you know, to, to take care of, of things. And that doesn't mean that I'm just going to sit back and throw my hands up and say, all right, God, do your thing. Yeah. It's I'm still going to do what he asks me to do. And I'm still going to do the normal Connie things of, all right, let's plan this out. Um, it, I, but I think that, you know, I, I've, I don't try to look at the negatives. I try to celebrate the positives because I feel like that when you're in, you know, a, Oh, I can do this so much better. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that if you're celebrating the positives, those are going to keep happening more and more, and your negatives are going to decrease. You know, that's just going to naturally happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. What you're saying is, uh, you know, what what I have a problem with, and many times where I think about things because I I mm-hmm. spot the holes in everything that I'm mm-hmm. looking at because I'm kind of trained that way or my yeah. brain's wired that way. And when you're constantly telling yourself, you know, do better here, do better here, do better here. Um, you know, ultimately you're telling yourself you're not doing good enough here. You're not doing good enough here. You're not doing good enough here. You know, right. potentially your right. subconscious mind could be taking that in and, and digesting that in a negative way. That's not really fueling or energizing you right. going forward. Right. That's very interesting. I wanted to, uh, I think we got some good stuff on you, Connie. Um, I wanted to ask you one last question, um, that I, I feel like maybe I should ask every guest that we have on here is like, uh, if you could imagine someone going through a very tough situation, maybe it's related to business, maybe it's related to their personal life uh, and they don't feel equipped uh, to deal with that issue, get over that issue, grow through that issue. You know, what would Connie's brand of advice be for a person like that? You know, cool. it's a general thing. So you can go anywhere where, where you want, but there very well could be somebody out there who's going through something extremely challenging and, and not only needs encouragement, but needs some, you know, methodology as to how to approach a situation because you, you work in a very high pressure environment. Mm-hmm. There's very big demands in construction and roofing and you right. deal with those situations all the time. You know, how do you deal with that pressure and how do you move forward through it? You know, um, one thing that I, because my kids are getting a little bit older, uh, my daughter's about to be six, my son's about to be eight. Um, 
I've learned to take time for myself and whatever that may mean. Most of the time it's spending time in the word. It's spending time sitting on my back deck and reading a a book or or something like that. I think that um, self-care is something that I have really put as a priority for myself. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, when I wake up that extra 30 minutes in the morning to be able to make my bed and spend some time by myself and read my, you know, verse of the day and things like that. Um, that has, that has changed me a lot. So when I'm, when I'm dealing with a lot of stress, I used to, I used to, first thing I did when I woke up was look at my phone and start going through emails. That was my first thing. And the last thing I would do before I went to bed, um, answer text messages, you know, I cannot so stand, hard. can't so stand hard. my notifications uh, yeah. on my phone. Bo, how do you feel about uh, unread text uh, oh, messages? Oh, I don't care about that. <laughs> I, I look at them. I just blitz past them. They don't, I don't even see them. But, but it's just so hard in today's day and age, you know, you, to stay connected. You want to stay connected. It's a part of your job. Yeah. You know, having all the devices around you. It's just, I don't know. It's added a, an extra level of uh, difficulty to everybody's life. You know, it's yeah. a blessing, but it's, but it's very yeah. I've, I've, I mean, I think that also being an only child and being raised that way, I don't like to not know things. Mm-hmm. So I am constantly, if my phone buzzes, it'll be very, very rare for you to text me or call me and for me not to at least say something back. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, feel I, I try to, I, I just like to know things. Yeah. Um, so really being intentional about putting my phone, like I now charge my work phone on the other side of the room. So it's not right there by my bed when mm-hmm. I wake up. Yeah. And, you know, I felt guilty about that for a really long time just because I had kind of set this, this presence with Sarah a, and Dom. A standard, that, yeah. yeah. Of Connie's always available. Constant connectivity. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, I'm in the middle of giving my kids a bath or something like that. And my phone's ringing and I'm yeah. answering it and then I'm frustrated and I'm frustrated at my kids and frustrated. Yeah. At, so feel guilty that you were giving your uh, kids yeah. a bath and you feel guilty uh, to your kids because right. you didn't answer. I mean, it's just, right. It's you know, all, it's all the things, it's gotta be right? Boundaries, right? So I think that really prioritizing myself care and giving and allowing myself that time, um, has, has really changed, um, a lot for me. Yeah. So anybody that's feeling overwhelmed, I don't remember all the words that you use, but overwhelmed yeah. or stressed or, or hypothetical questions. Yeah. So um, where, where you want, you know, I think that spending time with yourself, you learn, number one, you learn a lot about yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, you learn a lot about what you need to, to do in life to get to get better but yeah, yeah I, that's what i that's what yeah. i do i think that's a very good suggestion and i think it's a good place for us to kind of cl- close yeah. this thing out we i really appreciate you doing this I, I mean i'm sitting over here at this office and you guys are extremely busy i'm i'm busy doing stuff too but uh i appreciate you taking some time out and yeah, chatting with me it's great it was a lot of fun i had a blast all right we'll see you next time thanks bo bye bye life is one big head game. And once you learn to play the motherfucking head game, it's no longer a game anymore at all. Start living your life.